Good morning. Am I on? Good. It's always a fear that I'm going to start talking and I'm not actually on. Or I'm on so loud, it's going to give you the fright of your life. Well, welcome to everybody who's here. Welcome to everyone online, everyone who's listening later. Um, Welcome. I'm so glad you're here. It's such a privilege to be here this morning. Thank you so much to our pastoral team for giving me this opportunity to speak to you today. So the title of my sermon this morning is, Here I Am. I'm going to share some scripture with you today. I'm going to share a little bit about my own journey of saying, here I am to God. And hopefully I can leave you with some practical ideas and some encouragement for your own journey of saying, here I am. So if if you don't know me, my name is Asha. I've been here in this church since I was one year old. It's been a long time. I've gone away and I've come back and I've gone away and come back, but this has always been home. So let's jump straight into scripture. If you've got your Bible with you, if you've got an app with you, I encourage you to pull it out now. And um, There are different Bible apps. If you haven't got one downloaded on your phone, can I encourage you to do that? It's always good to follow on in case I go a little bit too quickly. Um, so we're going to start with Galatians 2 verse 20. It'll also pop up on the screen, so you can always follow along there as well. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who died and who gave himself for me. When we become a Christian, when we ask Jesus to become Lord of our life, we commit ourselves to him, we die to our old selves, A new life springs up in us. And it's out of that that we live daily. Not to ourselves, not to our old selves, but to to Christ who lives in us. 2 Corinthians 5.17 in the Amplified says, If anyone is in Christ, that is, to be grafted in, joined to him by faith in him as saviour, he is a new creation, renewed and reborn by the Holy Spirit. The old things, the previous moral and spiritual condition have passed away. Behold, new things have come because spiritual awakening brings a new life. Now you might be saying to yourself, what on earth has that got to do with here I am? I'll get there. I want to set a foundation of why for this um, here today. Why is it that we want to say, here I am? Why am I saying, here I am? What is pulling me or pushing me or shoving me or encouraging me or forcing me to say, here I am? Because we are a new creation, because Christ lives in us, the life that we live is not ours anymore. The life that we live, we live by faith in the Son of God. Because we are that new creation, because Christ lives in us, and because in Matthew 28, which we will read from in a minute, Jesus says, go, make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. So if we are new creations, if we're living with Christ in us, then surely we want to do what Christ asks us to do. Then surely we want to share that new life with others. So that's our why. How? Isaiah 6, verses 1, 2, 3, and verse 8. So this is Isaiah writing this. 
He says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces, with two they covered their feet, and with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Then I, as Isaiah says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And I said, Here I am, send me. I could very, very easily preach an entire sermon on just those verses. But I just want to pull two of these verses out. Isaiah speaking in verse 1, he says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on a throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Wow, he saw the Lord. First of all, he saw God. But then he heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send? Who will go for us? And his response instantly was, here I am. He didn't know where he was going. He didn't know what he was going to be doing, but his response was, here I am, send me. If you read back over that passage, read all eight verses, you'll see details. The angels are described. The entire encounter is described in great detail. So I do think that if God had given Isaiah details before he sent him, before he wanted that response from him, that he would have given those. I don't think that's just something that's not been written down. Because if you then carry on reading Isaiah, you'll see the instructions that God sent. But first, he needed to have Isaiah's response of, here I am, send me. I strongly believe that God's word is spirit-breathed. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. But I do sometimes find it easier to wrap my head around things when I can read it in the Bible multiple times. So if we skip to the New Testament, we will see the famous verses, Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. These are, in the Gospel of Matthew, the very last words that Jesus spoke. If we read in Acts 1, we will know that Jesus ascended into heaven to sit at the right hand of God the Father. We know that he said a few more things to his disciples. But reading across the Gospels, these are some of the very last words that he said. So it kind of stands to reason that he meant them, if that's what he wanted to leave his disciples with. So go and make disciples. I'm sure we've all got many things popping up that we can say in response to that. I can't go anywhere. The current situation has closed all the borders. Can't get my passport because of a backlog. I can't, I can't just up and go. But let's look at verse 19 where it says, go and make disciples of all nations. And all nations means exactly that. It means every single nation, 
which means it's also the nation where you are at at that moment in time. So you're not stuck in England, if you're trying to, I'm preaching to myself here as well, not stuck in England, I'm here for a purpose because God has put me here. And I think, you know, maybe a lot of us who are involved in overseas missions, maybe we sometimes forget that as well. Our home country, the country where we're at, also needs Jesus just as much as any other. Not diminishing going anywhere, but sometimes we can feel like, well, I can't actually go, or I don't want to go, or God's not calling me to go. Well, let's talk about responding to God's call then, where you're at. The call in verse 19 is to go. It doesn't say... Some of you that are called to this specific task now need to get up and go. It actually says, we all need to go. We're all supposed to go. And Jesus says in verse 20, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We're not going alone. Once again, we're a new creation. Christ lives in us. We're not going alone. But what if everyone goes? I've had that question asked to me before. Well, how would it work if everyone in the church that you're speaking in was to just up and move away? How would that work? Well, good news, you don't have to. (laughs) Romans 10, 13 to 15. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? How can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? How can they hear without someone preaching to them? but how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it's written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. Well, so everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Fantastic. Great. Let's move on. How can they call on his name if they've never heard of him? How can people preach if they're not sent? You know, in terms of being sent or being given an opportunity to do something, this church is phenomenal in doing that. I was sent out in 2010. Um, I was sent out on overseas missions, and through all the ups and downs of those years, this church stood by me and supported me and encouraged me and went above and beyond. Two and a half years ago, I started the process of moving back out overseas. Didn't happen due to obvious reasons, but the senior pastors in this church were so supportive. The straight away just said, yep, we're here with you. There's so many ways that you can be involved in, from actually going to sending people. Maybe you could spare £2 a month this month to support the missionaries who are working overseas. Maybe you could sponsor a child through compassion. Maybe you can put a package together, some crafts and sweets and whatnot, and send it off to a missionary family. And if any of that screams, I care, I'm sending you, I am supporting you, 